This is Adam Hill, the minister of the Word at Rochester Church of Christ. I always tell our church family, read your Bible. You'll be a better Christian. My prayer is that this Bible-based sermon will help you follow Christ more faithfully. Let's learn together as we study the Word today. Amen. Stay standing for our reading from Genesis chapter 1. Bible says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come before you today knowing how loved we are. Knowing that when you made us, Father, you did not make an accident, but that you made us because you love us, because you choose us, you sustain us. Without you, we are nothing. And you made us to need love. And Father, we thank you for the people that are in our lives who remind us of how much you love us. God, I pray that everyone here today knows how much you love them. I pray that everyone watching online and who will watch online knows how much you love them. Speak today, Father, for your children are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
we all have a God-given desire to be deeply known and deeply loved. To be deeply known and deeply loved. We all have that God-given desire. And that's the God-given desire for intimacy. Today we're going to talk about we are created for intimacy. Now I, I need to establish very early on that is not a code word, a Christian code word for sex. All right. Yes, we are created as sexual beings, but sexuality is only one expression of this deeper need within us for intimacy. Okay, the intimacy is, as the text describes it, being naked and without shame. Being, being vulnerable, being seen, being known, and being loved as you really are true and real relationship. This world seems to have, I believe, a shortage of intimacy. There's a lot of pretending. Remember, this, the, God made the world, amen? But remember, the world is no longer the way God made it. Okay, that sin and chaos have messed with things. And so the enemy, through sin actively denies us the intimacy that our souls long for and were created for. And, 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 and I can see two ways that this happens. First, he, the enemy does this by depriving us of intimacy. Okay, whether it's broken relationships that didn't live up to their potential because sinful actions were involved or, or I think of Man, do you remember the pandemic, right? We're, we're still recovering from the pandemic. But do you remember what it was like to not be able to go and visit loved ones in the hospital or in the assisted living home that they're in? To not be able to go and, 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 and see your family as, free as, as freely as you wanted. If you have family over the border, to not be able to go because we couldn't cross the border. If you needed to fly on a plane to get there, you couldn't go. Okay, that during COVID we were deprived of intimacy. Whether it was, whether it was with family or friends, or, what, we were deprived of intimacy. And let me just tell you this, it messed us up. Because you are created for intimacy, the second way the enemy, not just depriving us of intimacy, but by distorting intimacy. Okay, I recently ditched m most of my social media accounts. If you're looking for me on Facebook, you're not going to find me. I tell you what, I have yet to run into the day where I miss it. Um, it's been recent, and so maybe that day's coming, but boy, it's been great in the meantime. The honeymoon ain't over. It feels great to not be there, but, but, but I, I'll take that back. There, I got, okay, I had a burrito that was the size of like a high school football, and they had covered it in cheese dip. 
and chorizo, which is a sausage, and then there was shrimp on it, and then they had put pineapple on that. Don't worry, it's not yours, it's mine. And, 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 and it took three meals to eat it. I, that was the one time I've missed it. I could have taken a picture and been like, look at this burrito the size of a small child. And, and, and people could have been like, that's not good for you. Right? That, that could have been the response I got. And I, and, and, and I, would, I didn't miss that part. But, but like, I, that, there was, there, every now and then I think, ooh, I could post a picture. No, I can't. But that's all right. That's all right. Because here's what I've learned. The highlight reels on social media, they either only show us the good stuff, or even if they're showing us the bad stuff are still staged and manicured. As if to say, look at me, I'm not afraid to show you this part too, provided we can get good lighting. It gives the appearance of letting you get to know me without any vulnerability. And, and, and next week we'll talk more about vulnerability. But, but it convinces us to trade real companionship for likes and follows. And, and, and I need you to know this, and I need everyone here to, who is involved in this to listen to me. Being approved of and being known are not the same thing. And sometimes this happens on social media, but I got to tell you, not just social media. We go chasing that approval. Being approved of and being known are not the same thing. You are made, created for intimacy. Let's look in the text at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. It says, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Now pay attention to that. It's not good for the man to be alone. This is the first time in your Bible God has said anything in creation is not good. Up to this point, God looks at everything that God has made and says, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's very good. And then in the story we find the first thing that's not good. And it's not sin. It's solitude. It's not good that the man's alone. I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. Notice it's not God, it's not Adam who recognizes the problem first. God is the one who recognizes that Adam has a need even before Adam's aware of it. Some of us just need to sit there with that and let that bless us this morning. God knows the need even before Adam realizes it. And so he says, I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. Now, helper, I want to be clear about this. And I'm not going to spend too long here, but I do want to say it. Helper is not a term of weakness. Okay, 19 times in your Bible, in the Old Testament, this word is used. 16 times it refers to God. So unless you're ready to see God as the junior partner... You need to stop thinking that when it says helper, that means somehow assistant. The very context shows us the implicit meaning, an equal opposite, a perfect match. 
Okay, look at what happens in verse 19. It says, the Lord God had formed out of the ground, that's important, formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. That is wild. I think he started with like flies. That is such a lazy name. It comes flying in and he's like, flies. And God's like, that's what we're going with? And he's like, it flies. It's a fly. And they're like, uh, God's like, it's going to be a long day, but all right. And so then a bird came in and he was like, oh no. I've already used flies. We don't, he, he got more, Adam got more creative. We don't call frogs hops, right? I'm like, like, I'm, like I'm pretty happy that he gets a little more creative. He starts making some stuff up. Like he's like, that's a dragonfly. You think that looks like a dragon? I don't know. I'm just doing my best here. Like, like it's a horse fly. It doesn't, that's not a horse at all. Yeah, but it'll hang out with horses. Like he's, he's trying his best, right? He goes through. But the point is not that Adam used the English language to name things. I get it. I'm going to get some emails. Actually, that was he. I, I got it. Uh, the point is everything that was made was brought up to Adam to see if it could be a match. And it wasn't. There was nothing in creation that was suitable as this kind of helper. And so God opens Adam's flesh, takes one of his ribs, a bone, and creates a match an equal opposite, a perfect partner, a helper, a woman. Now, it is interesting how much space and detail is given regarding the creation of woman when compared to the amount of detail given to the creation of man. He's like, God took some mud and breathed on it. And there, there he was. You know, like it's, a, it's real brief. But when we get to creating woman, we've got all kinds of detail about what's happening. Also, the woman is the only thing in creation. Only thing in creation not created from dirt. Ladies, you are special. Yes. It, now, but it's Father's Day. I'm, I, don't. That was it. That's what you get. <laughs> that, that, no, ladies, you are special. He creates this partner, right? And, and when he brings her in front of the man, Adam says, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of a man. Okay, in one sense, Adam is saying she's like me. In a way that this loving dog is not, she's like me, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But, but, but there's even more to it that you can't see in English. You see, in Hebrew, bone is a reference to strength. And flesh would be considered a reference to weakness, the part of you that can be hurt. And so in some ways, people read this, and and, and what rabbis think is going on here is that he's saying, where I'm weak, she's strong, and where she's weak, I'm strong. That we are going to be a good match because we can cover one another. We, we, We work together, 
We fill each other in. We fit together. We are better off together than we are apart. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. What a weird place to put a marriage sermon. You ever wondered about that? We're in the middle of the creation story and all of a sudden it's, and that's why when people are married, married we just got here. Give me some time. I want to look around and play the field. She's the only one. Okay. She's like, I want to be choosy. And God's like, "Mm -mm." nope, this is the guy. All right. But do you, do you notice how quickly they tie this, this, this idea of how we're created and what we're created for, we immediately tie that to our relationship rooted in intimacy. Did you catch that? You're created. Here's what, we, here's what we found out. There was no good match for him, so God made a helper, an equal opposite. And when he finds her, now let's talk about the relationship y'all are going to share. And that they leave the life they used to know and then become one flesh. Now this doesn't mean you cut all ties with your parents, but it does mean that your relationship with your spouse has primacy. It comes first over all the other relationships. You see, you're not one with your parents the same way you're one with your spouse. I think it's, here's what I think is cool. God made them male and female. Took the woman out of the man's flesh, making them two. Right? He had Adam. There was one. Takes the, the bone out of the flesh, makes the woman. There you've got, he, he, he took them from one to two so that they could come back together in him and become one again. Did you catch that? They in marriage return to being one flesh. Now obviously becoming one flesh has to do with consummating their union, but I need you to know their oneness is so much more than sex. It's intimacy. Now, the fact that those two terms are so easily interchanged in our minds and in our vernacular lets me know that we struggle to understand what intimacy is. Okay. They're oneness. They have to leave behind what they have. Then they come together and then they become one flesh. You see, it's, it's, it's this true intimacy. You see, this is why rushing into bed with someone you hardly know does not produce a lasting relationship. We came up with a new name for that. It's called a one-night stand. That's, that's not a lasting relationship. If you want to pursue a lasting relationship, it rarely happens from being like, let's just jump in bed together. Sex does not create intimacy. That's the myth. 
that people think we want to take our relationship to the next level and so I'm going to do something that's going to take it to the next level. And so we get lied to and we think sex will create intimacy. It does not. If you... If I were to get real interesting here, and I were to, if this were a marriage seminar, I'd be talking to you about how actually it's intimacy that creates good sex. Sex doesn't create intimacy. It's giving, here's intimacy, giving all of myself to my wife and my wife giving all of herself to me. Ladies, and, 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 and guys, but ladies, if a man only wants your body, he doesn't want intimacy. And, and, and he, he needs to want all of you. That's intimacy. If he only wants your body, that's not intimacy. And, 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 and don't sell yourself short. Don't cheapen yourself and say, well, maybe I'll give him this part in hopes that one day he'll like all of me. Don't chase someone who's not ready for intimacy. You see, our world doesn't have much oneness in it. The oneness it might have had once is broken. Its pieces are strewn across the floor. So, for instance, we say things. Our language lets you know I come from a broken home. If you know the story of my family and and what happened to my parents, we say I came from a broken home. When we, we say couples break up or split up, Okay, when someone finds out about, about, about a lover's infidelity, they say, they are, they, they say they're shattered by that. When relationships end, we say, I'm left picking up the pieces. You catch it? The way our language is telling on us that we've lost the oneness of intimacy. Our marriages are designed to show the world that there's such a thing as oneness. A display of what God is like. So in their one flesh, here's what's crazy, Adam and Eve are actually a celebration, not of one thing, sex, but of a million other things. God, life, creativity, potential, shared partnership and caring for the world. Strength for weakness, weakness for strength, a new family, the ongoing creation of the world. This is what oneness means. And it says that they're naked in verse 25, and they felt no shame. No shame or embarrassment. No apologizing for who they are. No covering up, no pretending. No masks or secrets, just total acceptance of one another. That's what we want, isn't it? Someone who sees us exactly as we are and still loves us. That is God-created intimacy. God is the architect of this intimacy, not Adam and Eve. You are created for intimacy. Now, I want to be clear. I've been following the text through Genesis 2 
Okay, I followed the text. But, but I, but I want to be clear. <clears throat> Marriage is not the only relationship with intimacy. And it's not the only relationship designed for intimacy. Marriage has a special function in that it can reveal most readily the love that God has for this world. It has a calling. It's a testimony. But every relationship hinges on intimacy. Every meaningful, lasting relationship hinges on intimacy. In fact, as important as marriage is, Jesus seems to say that in heaven... No one will be given in marriage. And and, and that makes some sense, I guess, because I just told you marriage is a testimony to the oneness of God and God's love. And if we're there and we're with God and we're one with God and we're basking in the glory of God's love already, I'm not sure what we need the metaphor for. And, and, And Paul... If if I've read this correctly, just before recommending that people who are burning with passion would be better off getting married, that's a classic. Just, just, (laughs) Just before that says plainly that being single is actually preferable, especially when it comes to serving God. If you want to read it, 1 Corinthians 7, verses 6 through 9. So I wish you could remain as I am, unmarried. I'm not, look, look, I'm not in this last couple minutes trying to tear down marriage. I obviously have told you, I believe it's a testimony to the oneness of God that this world sorely needs. It's an expression of the grace and love of God in real time. And I believe that what God has joined together, let no human separate. But I'm pointing out that married is often classified as normal. And folks who aren't married then get classified as abnormal. They get treated as second class or as somehow less than normal. The truth is that we desire realness, honest authenticity, deep oneness in our friendships and our family relationships as well. We were made for intimacy. The experience of life-giving wholeness and real connection. The joy of being known and loved. And some of us will have the blessing to be married and some of us will have the blessing not to be married. Either way, our relationships are designed to be expressions of the love of God and the way that God loves each of us. I've learned this. When life gets difficult and breaks down... It's not as important to have someone with you who is wise or rich or famous or beautiful. It is important to have someone with you who loves you so. All right, I want to I want to land the plane with with um, some practical instruction. How does the gospel of being created for intimacy apply to our lives? All right, and I'm going to start with the married folks. So to the married folks, my practical advice is make intimacy in your marriage a priority. There are things that can come up in your life that will rob your marriage of intimacy 
without even meaning to. Okay, but you can choose something else to make a priority in your life, whether it's work, money, kids. The best, the best parent I can be to my son is to show him how to properly love his mom. All right, our kids are wonderful, but they're not your spouse. Set an example of making intimacy a priority. Remember the instructions that they give you when you're on a plane? And they say, in the unlikely event (laughs) of something going real wrong, oxygen masks may drop from the ceiling. What do they tell you? Secure your own before you put your child's on. What do they know? They know that your child needs you even if they have oxygen. Secure your own so that you can help your child. Remind yourself regularly of the deep mystery of your spouse. Now, some of you are like, no, she's plenty mysterious. Um, I, trust me, I don't get her. Been trying for years. And, and, and some are like, I don't know what he's thinking. Let me help you. Nothing. No, um, uh, he's just staring into the distance. The screensaver is on. Um, and, 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 and so uh, that... that, that Remind yourself of the deep mystery. Here's what I mean. I mean when you go on a date with your spouse, which you should do regularly. When you go on a date with your spouse, don't be that couple that sits there in the restaurant eating and not talking. That's weird. You ever sat next to that couple? Where they're there for like 45 minutes and there's not a word spoken, they're just eating. And you're like, are they angry? What's going on? Talk. Share your thoughts. Talk about your day. Talk about big things. Talk about nothing. If you had to pick a Smurf, which one would you be? (laughs) Just pick something. Go with it. Have a good conversation. If anyone says jokey, that's a terrorist. He mails people bombs. Anyway, um, that's not a joke. Get to the notes. Ask each other questions. Find out something new about your spouse. In other words, fight for your intimacy. All right? To people who aren't married, don't let anyone, even you, convince you that you are incomplete or less than. It's okay to want a spouse, and it's okay to look for one, but do not let your marital status define you or control your contentment. Look, if being married were perfect, there wouldn't be so many people looking to get out of it. Sometimes it's hard. It's not the promised land 
There is, but, but, but even more than that, there is intimacy outside of marriage. Invest in your friendships. And, 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 and here's the deal. I want to confess and repent on behalf of churches everywhere, but especially this church. We've not always been what we need to be for people who are not married. And we want to work at being better for people who are not married. But as we're doing that, what I need is for you to advocate for yourself as well. Use the voice God has given you to say, I have need. I need conversation. I need a friend. I need someone to hang out with. I need something to do. I need someone to spend time with. We have to commit to learning how to be a safe place, a healthy place, a life-giving place to everyone, including those who are not married. And none of us, because we're family, none of us wants to fail one another. To parents, be intentional to be present with your children. Put your phone down and pay attention. I would recommend having a day out with each of your kids at least once a month, individually. See, I have one, so it's super easy. <laughs> Some of you are like, we've got three or four or five, like, that's more than one a week, what am I doing? That's on you. You made those choices. <laughs> every, they're wonderful. They're, every choice has consequences though, right? Anyway, <clears throat> I want, and while you're there, while you take them out, listen. I've, I've said this before, talk. Talk to your kids. Ask questions. Be honest. And here's the deal, keep pressing. Because the first time you ask, they're going to go, hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to try again and they're going to go, what? And you're like, I have not begun to annoy you. You want to see stubborn? You don't even know what stubborn looks like. I'm being nice, Dad, right now. We're going to rip apart every bit of your... No, I'm just... Uh, but, but keep pressing. Keep asking. Keep talking. And listen. Share, but then listen. You know this? And, and don't give simple answers that they'll grow out of. Share truth that they can grow into. To young people, y'all are going to be so mad at me. They won't email me because they don't email. <laughs> they will text me or give me side eye or give me dirty looks all the time. So here we go. <clears throat> y'all are going to hate this, but here we go. Boyfriends and girlfriends, come and go. Cherish your family. I know that right now they don't understand anything. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I get it. And no, we don't understand your slang. 
Look, I'm going to keep it 100. <laughs> no cap. We don't understand what y'all are saying. I just nailed it, y'all. Anyway. <laughs> but but, 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 but here, here's what I'm saying. And, and yes, when we don't understand it, I will take it as disrespect. If, if, if I'm like, we're going to Home Depot, and he's like, all right, slap. I'm like, mm-mm. I don't know what that means, so I'm going to take it as disrespect. And he's like, it means sounds like a plant. Like, you're, you're fine. Anyway, <clears throat> y'all speak in code, and that's okay. But boyfriends and girlfriends will come and go. I married my high school sweetheart. Sometimes they stay. But listen, cherish your family. Okay, college students, call your parents. <laughs> I know you don't love getting a call from mom or dad. I have a phone too. I still see the number and go, oh, okay. Answer the phone. Call them up. Not just when you need something. Talk with them. You want to know an interesting exercise, and I'm not kidding. Young people do this. Interview your grandparents. Pick any set of questions you want. Now, the biography one is super fun. Tell me about your life growing up. Because you will find out that they have a tremendous capacity for being awesome. My grandmother might be the coldest person I know. She, but she serves her tea boiling. Um, okay, but, but like, she is, she is so mean. There was this guy that was a friend of hers in high school that he joined the Navy only to fail out of basic training and come home. And do you know what she nicknamed him for the rest, and I want to be quick, for the rest of his life, the Admiral. That is the highest ranking official in the Navy. And my man spent the rest of his life as the Admiral. Cold. Okay, I know that story because I interviewed my grandmother and said, what's, what's a nickname you gave to some of your friends? Talk to them like they're real people. Ask them real questions. Get to know their stories. Cherish your family. Develop that being known and then choosing to love someone. That's intimacy. Talk to your parents. Kenny, go ahead and come on up. Um, bring your team with you. My last message is to those people who feel undeserving. To people who feel like they would love intimacy or they would love that sort of relationship, but they just, I, they don't know if they deserve it anymore. Maybe they had a shot at it and it didn't work out. And so they're like, nah, I've had my chance and I messed it up. Or I had it once and it got taken from me and I don't know if I can put myself out there again. Or I'm just not worth it. To the undeserving, I have gospel for you. You deserve to be known and loved. J.I. Packer said it this way. He said, there is a tremendous relief in knowing God's love to me is utterly realistic. 
based at every point on prior knowledge of the worst about me. God knows the worst about me. At every point, God knows the worst about me. And His love for me is still utterly realistic so that no discovery can disillusion God about me in the way that I'm so often disillusioned about myself. And no discovery will quench God's determination to bless me. You know, I say that shorthand most weeks. You are loved and chosen. Don't doubt that you deserve it. I'll close with Psalm 139. Verses 1 through 5. I want, I want you to hear the psalmist talk about this. He says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. And before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. You deserve to be known and loved, and you have a God who knows you and loves you. You have intimacy with God if you want it. That you are not alone. Do you believe that? Go ahead and stand up. Some of you may be hearing or it may be breaking through for the first time just how known and loved you are. And, and here's the deal. This is, this is it. I want you to know and I tell you so often you are loved and you are chosen. And my prayer for every single one of you is that you look at God and say the same thing back. God, you are loved and God, you are chosen. Because you may not have chosen God back yet. You may not have taken Christ on in baptism. You may not have committed your life and said, I submit everything I have to the one who knows me and loves me. I want an intimate relationship with God that will last forever. And if that's your choice today, I want you to have the opportunity come forward to take Christ on for us to baptize you. If, you. if you are here today and you are ready to choose God, we want to give you that opportunity while we sing together. To learn more about Rochester Church of Christ, check out www.rochestercoc.org. There you can find links to other teachings, opportunities to join our family and serve, as well as ways to support our work. It truly is a wonderful time to be the church. I pray that you're blessed. Remember, you are loved and you are chosen.